We'll be live! Hello, hello. <laughs> hey, God, your audio quality is so good today. I don't know what's up with this. I finally you know fixed just... things. Yes. <laughs> you sound so Are you good happy? today. I'm so happy. Can we just keep this set up forever? I don't know what you're doing. This is Hello, people of Atheist Republic. Oh, no. Oh, that's too good. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's... That... Oof. That is actually too good. I don't know if I could tolerate that. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I think it's just because I have morning voice. Oh, yeah. That sounds really good. That's really good. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, so Terrell is saying, for the horde! Soa is saying, I do is great, yeah. Um, young atheist saying, hi, everyone. I just, this is your ciao. You should read this one. Ciao. Okay. Um, and we got, we got Selva just celebrating his 15 month membership saying hello from India. I had, I'm hearing echo. So your idea is good, but I'm hearing myself. I don't Can you bring understand down my... how that's possible. No? Test. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Oh no, I hear it. It's fine. I'm going to talk less. Your audio is so it's, good today. It's always you, less. though. Whenever you have echo, it's always only you. The audience never yeah, hears okay. it. Guys, do you hear the echo when I, when I speak? To let me know. All right, more people are saying... Oh, D is here. Hello, infidels. Hello from India. Guys, please let us know where you're watching from because we want to prove to everybody that our, our audience is very global. So... Uh, let us know if you're watching, what country you're watching from. So we could highlight. I could highlight it in the live chat. Um, also, our news, it's not just our audience that is very global. We're going to be covering religion-related news from around the world. What countries are we covering today, Susie? Today, we are covering um, Saudi Arabia, Iran, the United Kingdom, the USA, Germany, New Zealand, India, Colombia. We don't cover Latin America oh, very often. And another Saudi news. Okay. We got Germany. We got uh, London. And we have a Pointless Fudge here saying, Hello, Master. That's referring to me. But for people who don't know, apparently I have a cult now. And I'm a master mm -hmm. of certain people here. So that's what's happening here. Don't ask me. Oh, USA here as well. Cool. Guys, um, and also the news. Is it more today? Is it happy? Is it tragic? Is it ridiculous? Is it like violent most of it like? is just juicy and outrageous that we do have one uh like two news that are a bit more serious one that is just like straight up sad but the rest of them are uh just yeah juicy or ridiculous oh i i just got a membership so selva just uh no who's it yeah selva just got five atheist republic membership and i became a member one of the one of my one of the members. I'm a member of Atheist Republic now, guys. Woohoo! So we have thank you, Selva, for buying memberships for people and for me. Um, all right. So can we start with the first news? Well, what, we need we to make an announcement first? really quickly. We need to make an announcement. The announcement is that oh, yeah. this is the new time that we are doing the news. Mm. We have finally capitulated to the cries of the Atheist yes. Republic community. I was bullied and peer pressured. And now I wake up early for you guys. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, I'm just kidding. Our new um, 
our new time will be Sundays, and it will be 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Greenwich time, and 8.30 p.m. India Standard Time. Now, unfortunately, I think that mostly leaves people in Australia at like 2 a.m. <laughs> so we're sacrificing Australia for everyone else. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're but this Australia is for the sake of Europe. For the sake of Europe, right? We're losing yes. Australia. We're gaining Europe. Sorry, Australia. We picked we picked Europe over you. I apologize. <clears throat> but we still have our Q&A. Our Q&A is good for Australia time. So we're going to keep that at the same time as before. So there's that. There we go. Um, okay, cool. Can we... Oh, yeah. Look, we have from Australia here. So see, people are sacrificing. People... Shane, uh, Shane here is from Australia watching. Okay, and also, PK is saying you... EU is superior to Australia. Wow. Yeah. In wow. Perth, it's actually not that bad. In Perth, it's 11 p.m. So it, that's not that Wait, bad. What? It's, that person oh, says okay. that they're from Perth, Australia. It's way better yeah, than okay. being in Sydney. Okay, okay. Yeah, screw Sydney. Um, kidding. Uh, can, can we clap for the first news? Um, yes, 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 we can. First news. First news, Saudi Arabia imposes controversial restrictions on Ramadan. On March 3rd, the Minister of Islamic Affairs in Saudi Arabia, Abdul Latif al-Sheikh, published and shared a document containing regulations for the Islamic holy month of Ramadan that everyone in the kingdom must follow. According to the announcement, the use of loudspeakers and the broadcast of prayers will be restricted during this period. Additionally, uh, individuals will only be allowed to participate in the itikaf, um, uh, uh, or spiritual salute, seclusion, if they provide proper identification. Furthermore, the prayers will be required to be kept short and timely, and the mosques are also not allowed to collect donations for organizing iftar, which are the meals to break the fast. It has also been stated that children will not be allowed to attend prayers in mosques and iftar meals will not be permitted inside mosques. Many Muslims criticized the new ruling, claiming that under the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, the Saudi Arabian government further attempted to limit the influence of Islam in public life and even compared it to Tunisia under uh, Zini al Abdi. Uh, excuse me, Abdine Ben Ali and the former Soviet Union. Wow, this is extreme. Um, a lot of Muslims are getting butthurt over this, and a lot of people are celebrating it as well and trying to see if they could have something similar happening in their own country. But what have you seen reactions to this by Muslims online? Um, I. Well, I the main reaction that I saw is actually one that we included in the article that I thought we could um, watch together because I think it provides um, like that perspective. And it's also the way that they phrase it in the video in the article um, that I provided is a bit misleading um, in terms of what the restrictions actually dictate. But um, Armin, what have been the reactions that you've seen? Well, I've been seeing reactions from Iran on from Omid Dana, for you specifically, uh, which is which was making fun of the Islamic Republic, and he's saying, the, "Look, the original Muslims have realized how 
backwards Islam is <laughs> and they're toning it down right so it's like the OG Muslims are toning down Islam everybody is realizing that Islam is bad for everything it's bad for <laughs> business it's bad for politics and even the OG Muslims are now realizing it when would the Islamic Republic realize that this Islam is bad for everything so wow, like, so, wow, oh, wow. so another thing people are saying like you guys are being more Catholic than the Pope now, right? Like, if these guys are toning down Islam, why are we toning up Islam, basically? Mm, 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 so mm, that's the mm, reaction mm. I've seen. But let me see, like, what well, is that's not some... really good criticism to give Shias, anyways, because they're going to be like, yeah, we are the real Islam. <laughs> that's what we've been telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you know these things so well. Exactly. They're like, <laughs> The reaction, you know how the supporters of the Islamic Republic would react. It would be, these are not actual Muslims. Like, how, how naive do you, are, must you be? We have been telling you that we have to liberate the land of the Prophet from these kafirun, from these infidels. The Sauds <laughs> are, are not Muslims. Like, and this is proof. This is proof. We have been always telling you that these people are anti-Islam. And what we have been saying for all, like, now they're saying the quiet part out loud. Like, this is something that we have said all the time, and everybody was making fun of us. And now you can see that they're being, we told you that they're pro-Zionists, and we told you that they're not actually Muslim, and you guys told us that we're conspiracy theorists, and now they're actually moving forward with becoming allies of Israel, and they are anti as on they're anti-ramadan and they're anti the call to prayer so we have been proven correctly also the supporters of the islamic republic would say um, about predictions and stuff is that Khamenei said at some point that israel will destroy itself okay he said that a couple of years ago right mm -hmm. and israel has 25 years right and now with israel's internal you know, conflict. We're like, see, everything that our supreme leader said is coming true. <laughs> like, we told you, we told you we don't need to destroy Israel because Israel would destroy itself. And now everything we said is coming true. So, yeah. Damn. But, <laughs> oh, Secular Sakai just donated one membership as well to say, to Sajid. And another one. Oh, that's well. lovely. Thank uh, you. There's some tweets that you highlighted here. You and our editor. Yeah, let's Which watch one? this video. Not not this top one, this one, the middle one. No, no, the next one. This one? Yes. Yes. Okay, let me know if you have idea. Bin Salman has issued a new set of orders and rules that have been Can you make it full screen, please? Website. Okay, let me go back from the beginning. Oh, I have to continue on Twitter to make it full screen. Bin Salman. Bin Salman has issued a new set of orders and rules that have been published on the Ministry of Islamic Affairs website designed to tone down and restrict Ramadan in Saudi Arabia as he continues with his push to drive Islam out of the public sphere. Firstly, the ban on the use of loudspeakers for mosques will not be lifted during Ramadan. The call to prayer remains restricted to one third of the volume of the loudspeakers and loudspeakers are banned entirely for Quranic recitation even if worshippers struggle to hear the Imam from the back. Secondly, the broadcasting of Taraweeh, Ramadan prayers, is banned on all media platforms. The famous Masjid Quba, where the legendary Imam of Medina, Muhammad Ayyub, rahimahullah, was discovered, and other mosques, are all banned from broadcasting the recitation of the Imam 
and broadcasting prayers that are often watched in the hundreds of thousands by Muslims around the world. The holy mosques of Mecca and Medina are not wow. expected to be included in this ban. Bin Salman seeks to avoid a backlash similar to last year when he tried to apply this ban to the two holy mosques. Thirdly, the new rules order that prayers should be shortened and the dua or supplications should be kept short. Fourthly, anyone looking wow. to sit in the mosque in the last 10 days for itikaf must show ID. In other words, the state apparatus will intimidate worshippers by collecting information for surveillance, a tactic that Bin Ali used in Tunisia to discourage people from going to the mosques. The fifth rule is that mosques are banned from collecting donations from worshippers, whether that be to fund meals for those breaking their fast or for any other purposes. It's worth noting here that worshippers often donate during Ramadan towards meals on the basis of a saying of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, whoever gives food for a fasting person to break his fast, he will have a reward like the one who fasted. The sixth rule is that worshippers are ordered not to bring their children to the mosques. And this rule is almost identical to that of Soviet satellite states that ban children from mosques in order to prevent Islamic influences on their nurturing and upbringing. The seventh rule is that mosques may not provide meals for fasting worshippers inside the mosque and cannot set up tents outside for communal meals at the time of breaking the fast. There are other rules, but Bin Salman's message is absolutely clear. In Saudi, Ramadan must be quiet. Okay, so here's the thing. Dee is bringing up a point, our lovely editor Dee. She's saying, I saw a lot of people saying the rules have been misinterpreted by the media. And so this guy is not really, he's making this a lot less nuanced than it actually is. And the comparisons to like Stalin are so extreme. <laughs> yeah. Because if you go and read the rules as translated into English, it's really not as crazy as they're making it seem. When I went and read all the rules in English, what struck me was that, I mean, granted, I'm assuming that this translation is accurate, right? The, it was it, the translation, translation issued by the ministry itself. And it just seemed to me like a lot of the rules are around keeping Ramadan more orderly and more well-controlled and more efficient for the Saudi government. Like, keeping things more cleanly, keeping things more orderly, like they want things to be timely, <laughs> they want the prayers to be on time, um, and not messy, like, the, the no children, they say, is supposed to be to help keep things, um, uh, you know, less distracting for people while they're, while they're in prayer. Um, they're supposed to ensure that women's areas are kept cleanly. Um, and the no, the no filming of prayers and stuff is supposed to basically be to prevent people from, I don't know, they kept basically making unintended mistakes that are then broadcast. I'm not exactly sure what they're getting at there, but they're saying that it's because for like privacy and they don't want people to, I don't know, I don't buy get it. caught on a hot, hot mic. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't buy it. I really do think that Mohammed bin Salman is de-Islamizing Saudi Arabia. Okay. Um, but he can't just go out and do it. Like the things that you're saying seems to me like excuses. Um, the guy needs mm -hmm. tourism, the guy needs investment, the guy needs a rebranding of Saudi Arabia. So he wants to tone out, tone down how religious the whole country is. And 
what do you think he would look like? Obviously, he can't just come out and say it's like, well, I'm like, I just don't like the azan. I'm against the azan. Like, he can't just say that. He needs some level of plausible deniability. He needs to find excuses for the reasons why they're doing these things. But it's completely in line. The reason why, I mean, maybe that guy that you, that guy in that video, he's exaggerating it. But I don't think it's as nothing to see here as much as like, oh, these are just completely not a move against Islamization, Islamism, these are completely just for other purposes. I mean, look at the trend of where the country is moving. Look at the True. push for bringing celebrities, Justin Bieber, alcohol, gender mixing, uh, movie theaters, um, looser control over what women are wearing. Uh, what else? Well, like, I mean, a like golden goddamn Kaaba, right? So, and n- no Sharia zones. Um, Women without hijab and even bikinis walking around in some places in Saudi Arabia now. And That's wow. wild. That was, that, that, was that was a very significant thing. They, were, they had Halloween. Thing. I mean, going at, yeah, Halloween, having Halloween. Halloween like, was crazy. Yeah. I mean, even I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, going against um, Hadith, Sahih Hadith, right? Like completely debasing the foundations of Sunni Islam, like calling out every hadith that is not mutawatir as um, something that you could rely on for the teachings of Islam. So, I mean, with all that background saying like, oh, this is just about making things convenient or make, keeping things clean. It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't seem, I mean, I would be highly skeptical. I think it's just moving it more in the direction of not making Islam the big theme of Saudi Arabia. You know, which is kind of crazy to say even out loud. You don't want is not wanting Saudi Arabia to be associated with Islam. So like, what? <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make. Yeah, doesn't yeah, even yeah. sound right. But he. But I think Mohammed bin Salman wants that when you think of Saudi Arabia, what comes to your mind to be technology, futurism, shopping malls. You know, uh, investments. You know, business, mm. tourism. He wants you to think of beaches and, you know, riding camels and, you know, desert tourism, you know, mo- mostly high tech futuristic stuff, giant crazy cities. That's what he wants you to think when you think Saudi Arabia, right? Um, he doesn't want you to think Islam. So I think that's what, that's why he wants this to be told that he's kind of, you know, how Reza Shah, Banned pictures of camels. That's crazy. You know that? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. That's so, crazy. Yeah, because he thought that it makes this country look backwards. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> he banned pictures of camels? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. If you thought it would look make country look backwards. So what I think it's kind of camels thing. do. <laughs> they make it. They make your country look backwards. <laughs> that was funny because I remember you telling me that if you were, I can't remember what we were talking about, but we were basically saying that if you were telling Iranians about having camels in the country, they would be offended, as if you're saying, "What are we, some backwards country?" Da da da. Because we were talking about something about Iranian yeah. camels. I can't remember what. No, if you, yeah, if you talk about like, you oh, you have, have camels those? in Iran. They get angry. They're like, Yo, you think we're Arabs? Like, what do you think we're Arabs? We don't have camels. I'm like, you actually do. They're, you do have <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you do have camels. <laughs> like, no, we don't have any camels. That's Arab countries you're thinking about. That's not Iran. I'm like, actually, there are some camels in your country. <laughs> and, <laughs> so. and, and and it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. It's, it's cool. okay, <laughs> We have camels. It's, Don't, be it's fine. Don't be ashamed of camels. <laughs> <laughs> Don't camel shame yourself. The internalized camel shaming. <laughs> oh my gosh. So in terms of Saudi Arabia, what do you think about these changes that are happening? I think I, there, this is no, no middle ground. It, this is either going to succeed or it's going to come crashing down, okay? So this could be a, Re a Muhammad Reza Shah moment, mm. right? Oh, here's mm. now here's what I think about it. This could either go the direction of Iran or the direction of Turkey. You're just going to keep the camelophobia there, thing up there, aren't you? Okay. Why not? Yeah, we get it. Stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's distracting me. All right. So what I mean is that Muhammad Reza Shah, he had his white revolution. What, what Muhammad bin Salman is doing seems like what Muhammad Reza Shah was doing with his white revolution, right? He went to modernize the country, a giant leap forward, okay? What did he get instead? He got an Islamic revolution. Right. So what we're seeing Mohammed bin Salman do right now, Saudi Arabia was already trying to do this more than 40 years ago. Before 1979, if you went to Saudi Arabia, it was very westernized. Right. If you watch the news in Saudi Arabia, you saw a woman without hijab giving you the news before 1979. It was like it was going in the westernization direction. However, the Wahhabis were like, no, 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 no. And they attacked the Kaaba. And there was blood and everything um, over, all over the Kaaba. There was bloodshed and killings and everything. And the Saudis, they, they panicked. They were like, okay, these Wahhabis are, in, are you know, we can't, like, it's too soon for us to divorce our, the, the house of Saud and the house of Wahhab is too soon for us to go through that divorce. So they capitulated and they went full on Sharia, right? Now they are reattempting that divorce that they were trying 42 years ago, right? They're reattempting it, right? So the reason why that earlier divorce failed is because that divorce was also happening in Iran with the white revolution of um, and that ended up the Islamists were like, no, 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 no. I mean, the main thing that they were sensitive about was women education and women's right to vote and stuff like that, right? So uh, that's how they're that's how they started becoming against the monarchs, right? Uh, even though the revolution eventually was became leftist, but then it went back to the Islamist hands again. Anyway, that's too much detail. The thing is that the Islamists were mobilized because of the white revolution and because of some earlier reforms that Reza Shah was doing before Muhammad Reza Shah. So what could happen in Saudi Arabia, it, right now, there could be a, a fire underneath all of this because Muhammad, uh, Muhammad bin Salman has been very successful at shutting down the set. Like every, all his opposition is either jailed or executed or silenced in some other way, right? But is it actually silenced? Is there some dissent underneath the, all of this? Because Saudi Arabia, there's too much of a conservative base there for everybody to be happy with this, right? Is there is there a ticking time bomb? 
for this to all of a sudden explode and for uh, for them to come out against Mohammed bin Salman? Would there be a reckoning against the House of Saud because of all these anti-Islam movements, right? So if that happens, just like it happened in Iran, it will go in the direction of the Islamic revolution that happened in Iran. Or if it doesn't, it might go more in line with, with Turkey and Ataturk. So Ataturk, um, you know... It, was more successful in con- keeping a lot of the secularization. I know in recent years with Erdogan, it went backwards, but overall it was a major success, right? Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the thing is that if how- the House of Souls runs out of money, um, then it would be a lot easier for all this dissent to make sense because it's easy to keep people happy when you have a lot of money. But once that money dries out, then the forces of dissent will start showing showing themselves more and more and more, right? So the main thing that the if if the Muhammad bin Salman wants to be successful, uh, it really needs to diversify quickly out of, of away from oil. Um, and for that, it needs investment. So it's basically an all or none game, right? You can't tiptoe, yeah. you can't be, you can't play, you can't be half in, right? So, and he's he's going all in. Because if you half in, half out, then you're not going to get all that investment and all that diversification. But you're also maybe not um, angering all these people a lot. But then because you're half in, half out, you might lose both ways, right? So if you're going to go in, you have to go all in. And that's what he's doing. He's going all in. Risky move. It is. It is. It is. It'll be very interesting to see how this all pans out. Hmm. No, people are saying I'm loving Susie's shirt. Thank you. Yeah. Guys, I can This was actually gifted to me by an Atheist Republic member. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's good to have friends. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next news. Is this clickable? Okay. Um, this isn't really Ooh. I you know, let's err on the side of no. Oh okay. gossip, John. He's saying I love Susie more than her shirt. Oh, <laughs> he's laying it on thick uh, today yeah. and secular sakai is saying this shirt reminds me of eastern washington you know what you're not wrong sakai this is giving strong spokane vibes i'm getting yakima but i am a washingtonian so <laughs> i will wear it with pride <laughs> anyways um let's go to the right. next news next news okay next news Next news, how Iran's government trains and recruits child soldiers. Iran Wire, an independent online news site, has recently published a shocking report exposing the Islamic Republic's use of child soldiers during the massive protests that have been shaking the country since September of 2022. The report provides a comprehensive history of Iran's use and training of child soldiers since the establishment of the Islamic Republic after the Iranian Revolution in 1979. It also highlights the regime's use of children as human shields and riot police in the ongoing rallies against the government. Furthermore, Iranian authorities have intentionally put children in harm's way, using them as human shields to accuse demonstrators of acts of violence. IranWire also documented one case of a child soldier being injured after Iranian security forces mistakenly took him for a protester in the recent uprising. The report includes disturbing photos of teenage boys who were trained by Iranian security forces to deal with warfare and urban riots, some dating as far back as 2016. 
Most of the children were between the ages of 12 to 17 and were seen wearing anti-riot gear and holding assault rifles. This report also revealed that, the, that Iran's use of child soldiers to suppress civilian protests has intensified over the past few months during, since the beginning of the Masa Amini revolution. Hmm. So I sent this report to you. Did you end up um, checking out any of the images that Iran Wire provided in their expose? Here's, is this one of them? That's one of them. Yeah. Hmm. That's our headline right, here's photo. Here's another one. Wow. Yeah. Now this was, is it worth... was. Yeah, go on. Go ahead. Should I open the article so we can look at all the pictures? Yeah, please do that. Because it really was shocking to me. Because I think this is something that's really important to talk about because, um, like, if you're familiar with the history of the uh, Islamic Revolution or the Iran-Iraq War, you know that child soldiers were used in the tens of thousands in the Iran-Iraq War. However, I was not aware of how much it has actually continued to this day. So Armin here on the screen is showing recent photos that were taken during... Um, 2020 2022 excuse me um so in september or in october we saw photos of these people that are obviously children that are being used by the besiege to help control protests and they're basically allowed to do what they want in terms of uh handling crowds but then like i said earlier wait armin if you go back up to that x-ray um there here's a images that Iran Wire received of a child soldier, a besiege student, who was severely injured while, because regime forces shot this kid. They mistakenly shot their own besiege student. And So they hired, uh, so they got the, they got the kid to suppress people who were protesting, and they shot him as well. Yes. Wow. And he was they severely shot injured. The kid that they hurt. Um, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And that is insane. What, what was really shocking to me, I really encourage everyone to go read this report in full. It's on IranWire.com, and the title of it is Iranian Soldier, excuse me, Iranian Children Used as Human Shields Against Protesters. And they do a really good job going through the history of um, the Islamic Republic's use of child soldiers going back to the Iran-Iraq war and how there's just um, at least in one case, just full, the regime talks itself about their use of child soldiers on the international stage. They'll say, Oh no, we're not doing that. And to accuse us of doing that um, you're, you're slandering the Islamic Republic and this is all propaganda. Da, 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 da. But in their own media, they talk about how proud they are that there were children who wanted to fight, you know, it for Khomeini <laughs> in the Iranian war. Um, but then what I was shocked to see these photos continuing into this day. And they have a lot of photos that came out from um, not only the protests that happened in 2022, where you can see them obviously on the street, but um, a lot of footage and photos in 2021 and 2020 of all the training sessions that they do. So if you scroll down, wait, where are you in the document? Can you scroll up a little bit to where you see a little bit further? So, I don't know. Wait, teeny bit more that just so we can get oh, wait, sorry, there was a leg. I'm sorry. Can you go back down to where it says weapons training course for children in Mazandaran province? Right here. Look at this photo. This is so crazy to me. 
and maybe this is me being naive, like fair enough, but it's wild for me to see all these boys, very clearly boys, going through weapons training with a man, you know, like essentially pointing a rifle at them inside of a mosque. And so this report also exposes how the Islamic Republic uses mosques explicitly to recruit child soldiers. And so a lot of these are happening within religious institutions and they will put out calls to explicitly say when um, they are looking for child soldiers and such and um, or besiege students is probably how they would put it. Um, and cause like Armin, I knew that when you were growing up, like you were taught how to take apart a Kalashnikov in school, right? Yeah. And a G3, I think I remember correctly. Chief, well, yeah. How old? How um, old were you when you were taught how to do that? I don't know. Younger, much younger than fifteen for sure. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Sorry, I thought I, I just got shocked again. <laughs> yes, yeah, part of school curriculum. I, I know, but I thought it. you were like fifteen. It's illegal, definitely, but okay. But younger? You were younger than 15 learning how to take apart a Kalashnikov? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were so excited. We were like, we were supposed to go <laughs> and play with guns, basically. The school, but, and they didn't, it was horrible. Like, we were told that we're going on a school trip and they're going to show us how to shoot guns. And we were like, oh my God, we get to shoot guns today. And then instead, they took us and they made us stand under the sun for hours, just basically doing soldier. What is it like to do the soldiers? Like when you give them marching orders or what is it like you have formation training on drills? Yeah. Form drill, drill formations formations. Yeah. yeah. Drill formations under the goddamn sun for hours. Mm -hmm. We were just standing and we had to practice like not moving for like for like I don't know ten or fifteen minutes under sun. I'm like we, I was I was told I could shoot guns today. Where are the guns? And then eventually, when they would give us guns, they had no bullets. They were just told. Oh. Would, we were just told, yeah, like we were told to take it apart and put it back together again. I like we're playing Humpty Dumpty <laughs> instead of shooting guns. Like what is this thing? And it wouldn't go together. It was so annoying. It was a complete day ruined, basically. I did not think that's hilarious. This. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not funny, but the way that you talk about your experience is so funny. <laughs> You're like, the child soldier training isn't what bothered me, is that I didn't get to shoot anything, okay? <laughs> And okay. the annoying thing so, is that nobody knew what Humpty Dumpty means because I was thinking like I was that I, that was like going through my head like put it back together again and nobody understood what I was referring to. Oh, <laughs> because was... you were just the little rich kid that got to get westernized things. Is that what happened? I watched cartoons. I watched cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But your your yeah. family was more exposed to like English and Western things probably than most families. Yeah, but and it, there was a bank robbery, I remember as a kid, and there was the shooting involved in that bank robbery, I remember in the news, and in the court, they asked them how he knew how to use a gun, 
And he said, I learned it in school. <laughs> like it's in, court. in court, it's like, how did you know how to use a gun? And I was like, I learned yeah, it in yeah. school. <laughs> you did, you, your government taught you, me this. <laughs> you taught me. Thank you. Yeah, you taught <laughs> So, like, I knew that this was, like, a something that happened inside of Iran, right? But... I wasn't aware of how actively it was happening. I don't know. That's a recent photo, too. What does that say? That says 2020. And to see how systematic it is, like, D brings up a very good point. D was saying, um, when I think of child soldiers, I think of rebel militias. But this is state-sponsored. So gross. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So to pour through the documents and to see the evidence of how state-sponsored it is, I guess that's what I found very shocking about this. And so I thought it was important for us to highlight it. Well, during the Iran-Iraq war, uh, children we, were used as uh, minesweepers. Like, as not as in minesweepers that you had a device to find the mine, as in you walk on the mine and you die so the adults can come behind you. So they sent children in front, um, so they die, and the mines will be clear for the actual adult soldiers to walk behind them and do the thing. So this was this is how this regime started. Yeah, I mean we we as oh yeah like we um how old was Hossein Fahmideh? Hold on, let me just see. Hossein Fahmideh. We grew up with oh that kid in the in the photo that they showed in this. Oh my yeah yeah yeah. So he was thirteen. Wait, we, scroll down so you can see his photo, so the audience can see his photo. Wait, it, according Fahmideh? to Iran Wire, he was thirteen. Oh, you have Iran Wire talks about Hossein Fahmideh? Wait, scroll down. I think I know what you're talking about. This kid? Is it? Uh, what is this? No, this is not that kid. No, but we, we uh, in our school, when, when we grew up, we have a chapter in our elementary school about this kid called Hossein Fahmideh, which means Hossein the Wise, which was this 13-year-old boy who basically um, put grenade on himself and jumped on, on like was in was in the war between Iran and Iraq right and he was introduced mm -hmm. to us as a hero he was 13 and he was a soldier in war on the Iran side oh right and we learn as kids how big of a hero he is and what he did was he he attached grenades to himself and he jumped under the tank by the way I don't think that actually works um but that's what he did. Like I never understood why didn't why did he have to go under the tank himself? But that's the story. Here, oh here I found it. Muhammad Hussein mm. Fahmideh, right? So he he was a suicide bomber before suicide bombers before Al Qaeda and ISIS and stuff, right? And he basically he his picture is was at least on Iranian money, right? And he we wow. learn about him as a hero. Uh, in school. So I don't know why they say that we don't have child soldiers. We literally celebrate this kid as a hero in our elementary school. And his thing was that he killed himself. I mean, I shouldn't say that on YouTube. Um, God damn it. I shouldn't say that on YouTube. Well, it's too but, late now. Yeah, it's too late. No, but they completely anyways, deny are, this on the international level. It's in our school books. It's, it was in our school books. 
Yeah, so here, wow. Qasem is also confirming this. Qasem saying, Khomeini has said, my leader is that 13-year-old kid who puts grenades on himself and lays under the tank. Yeah, Khomeini said that th this kid was his hero. Oh, there's that. Wow. Military, so, yeah, this is military. So, Fahmida was a 13-year-old boy from Qom who, at the outbreak of the war in the 1980s, left his home. So yeah, this is his military service. I don't know, how could they deny this? This is part of their history. That's really disturbing. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that this was really important to cover because I wasn't aware of how systematically it still occurs to this day. Yeah. So thank you, actually. I didn't know either that it still happens. That I mean, I knew, but I didn't know the extent of it. Yeah, because kind the, of saying, the make, image... Make it clear. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, you go ahead. And then after that, we have to show a super chat. Sakai is saying, make it clear that you disavow and disagree with this and that this is in the context of a historical discussion. YouTube is picky. Yes, this is all true. Obviously, we condemn this. This is a this is a war crime. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Sakai. Also, thank you, Sakai, for the $5 super chat saying, down with Khomeini, down with Khomeini, I think you mean. Khomeini is a legitimate regime and you have the lion and the sun and the sword for the representation of the flag of Iran. And $20 to appear in, Susanna, $20 to appear in. I'm saying, please respond with the total amount donated to date. Do you know the Amazing. total amount Amazing, thank to you. Well, as we've been doing this segment, I've been trying to log in to DonorBox to freaking see what our total is right now. And um, basically, it, it, the two-factor authentication won't let me in right now, which is so annoying. So I'm going to keep trying, and if I get the total donation amount, I will let you guys know shortly. Okay, okay. Thank you. Sorry, Sakai. I know, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. to us to get, to get that update, and we still never give him an update. <laughs> sorry about that. All right, I can so you tell you this. off the top of my head, at this point, it would be around $600. Six hundred dollars. Oh wow! Around thank you, Gary. Six hundred dollars. Okay, okay. Um, you highlighted this comment saying, "D, the first day of Ramadan is coming very soon. It's on the twenty-third of March. Yeah, the same day when it's atheist day. Oh my God, this year's I atheist wanted to day highlight on the this first because I just wanted to quickly address. I saw a young atheist asking for some address." Excuse me. He was asking for some advice about how to deal with um, forced fasting for Ramadan. And so, young atheist, I would like to point you um, to Faithless Hijabi. Go check out Faithless Hijabi. Go check out either their website or their Instagram. And they have um, a lot of really good tips on how to make your forced fasting or Ramadan a little bit better. Um, they have a lot of really good tips on how to yeah try to make this as better of an experience as possible for you okay okay we should um our, our editor please cut this part as a short video regarding Susie's advice so we could put it as, <laughs> as a short yeah um also young atheist responded saying thanks Susie there we go um, again, thank you so much again to Secular Sakai for the donations. This is really helping us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so can we clap for the next news? Yes, we can clap for the next news. Okay, next news. Next news. 
UK Islamic charity under fire for urging followers to pray against LGBT people. Recently, an Islamic charity in the United Kingdom was criticized for sharing a, face, a post on Facebook against the LGBT community. In a now-deleted post, the Facebook page of the Abu Bakr Trust condemned the LGBT community, claiming they conduct evil deeds. The Trust's Facebook page also urged followers to pray for, quote, protection against LGBTQ and argued that homosexuality is a fallen culture. Quote, my Lord, save me and my family from what LGBTQ plus people do, the Trust post said. <laughs> Which I love. Save me from what they do. <laughs> the Telegraph claimed in a report that the charity's staff used its social media page to spread anti-LGBT posts. The Abu Bakr Trust claimed that the controversial anti-LGBT post was created by a volunteer without any authorization. They also issued an apology for the Facebook post. The controversy has prompted the UK Charity Commission to launch a compliance case to investigate any failures of the trust to follow standards as outlined in British law. So here's what happened. Someone, there's, there's, a, there's an Islamic charity in the UK. They have some schools that they run in Birmingham. And someone got a hold of this Facebook page and, and made this post and it said, Lord, save me and my family from what the LGBT do. <laughs> what do they do? Um, and this caused a lot of controversy. This caused a lot of backlash. That They got a lot of media attention from this. And what ended up happening is that because of this, the charity commission is like, hmm, this doesn't comply with our standards. We are going to go um, investigate everything that y'all be doing because they have multiple wings of this charity. And there are some wings where the um, overseers, the government overseers have been like, yep, we're in full support of this. They seem to promote inherent British values. And then there's other things where they're like, mm, we're not so sure about this now. So this one post has pulled everything into a giant controversy. Now, the, the charity has said that what happened was, is that back in the day, back in like 2011, um, the, uh, the, the community surrounding this charity just decided to go ahead and create social media pages on behalf of the charity without their explicit authorization. They're just like, we're just going to go ahead and do this. And then um, apparently these people just re retained access to these accounts. And then so one of these people made this anti-LGBT post without the authorization of the charity. And since then, they've gone and resumed all control of these social media pages, da, da, da. This is what they're claiming. They're claiming that it was a volunteer and that they did not approve of this and they apologized. And they've since put better protocols in place, da, da, da. Now, the question is, Armin, do you buy that story? I don't know, but I think they're going to get a backlash from their own fans as well for not standing up for what's right. You know, I, I might mm. that might happen as well. So this might be a rock and a hard place kind of situation. But I'm not going to try to guess about what's happening behind the scenes because I'm going to claim ignorance. I do not know. Um, but let me. I do want to read some of these tweets because they seem interesting. Uh, this oh, one yes. saying so these. This is... Oh, you go ahead. 
This is from Charlotte Littlewood, who is a researcher at the Henry Jackson Society, which is a transatlantic think tank that looked into this situation. And she's saying, these schools prepare children for, quote, a life of intolerance and in division. It's very worrying for the LGBT community. We seem to be making great leaps in some areas, but in partic this particular area, we're just not making the same headway. So she's bringing up the fact that she's concerned that this sentiment is being taught within the school. Like, whether or not this post was actually made by the school, she's saying either way, she has concerns about the values being taught to children in these schools. And here's another one mm -hmm. by someone saying, it was reported today that the Abu Bakr Trust in Walsall, which runs schools, is facing a charity commission inquiry for branding gays evil. There's plenty more. The uh, Khatame Nabuwat anti-Ahmadi hate, I don't know why I put a chay in that, anti-Ahmadi hatred movement, for example. Even young children are being indoctrinated. And then here you see a bunch of little girls raising their arms, and it's a screenshot of a video in which they are talking about the seal of the prophet, essentially. Um, well, I mean, oh wait, oh, okay, okay. So for people who don't know, this emphasis on, on the Prophet being the seal of the Prophet is uh, more of an anti-Ahmadi uh, chant than anything else. But yeah, these girls have no idea that they're protesting, they're chanting against a group of people. I bet you they have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, let's go. This is, is this one? You want to read this one too? Um, so this is more tweets from the Henry Jackson Society. He says, the whole thing... Oh, wait, no, no, excuse me, that one was not it. The Abu Bakr Trust is a charity that runs a number of schools in Birmingham. They had a teacher in it with a video that was praising the Taliban. This school, I'm very proud to say, is under investigation by the Charity Commission. So this whole incident with this Facebook post caused a lot of greater scrutiny to them. And now this researcher is saying that she's seen videos of the teachers praising the Taliban. Now, I haven't seen that video, so I can't uh, confirm that. But, yeah. There's going to be a lot more conflict to come, a lot more conflict to come between liberals and the Muslim community over this whole LGBT thing. This is like, I, I predict years of conflict. It's very confusing to me because in the U.S. we're actually seeing the reverse, especially with all these mm -hmm. book bans that are happening and the backlash against um uh, LGBT education in schools and the censoring of materials and libraries and stuff. You've seen the right wing fully join teams with the Muslim community. They're like, you know what? They're, they're Islam is right, <laughs> essentially. No, wait, you're getting the right uh, who? Who's joining? So the it, right wingers who are yeah. in the LGBT or groomers culture wave yeah. backlash have joined forces mm -hmm. with Muslims. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But the, that means the conflict is strengthening between the liberals and Muslims because now they're even joining with the Republicans, a lot of their conservatives. So that's going to make their, that's going to make hating mm -hmm. on them even easier because it used to be like Muslims, like, are these like, are these that protected minority that we're supposed to be protecting or we do, we hate their ideas. Now, if you join forces with mm. Republicans and conservatives, they're like, okay, you are an enemy number one right now. <laughs> so it's going to be easier for you to go after them. Right. So, yeah. But yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. The, the Muslims in the United States are kind of divided. You have the care 
organization. You got you have that Linda Sarsour kind of type of people who are mostly uh, in line with the Democrats, but then you have the more conservative Muslims who are more in line with the conservative Christians, right? Who mm-hmm. are both anti-liberalism mm-hmm. that they see liberalism as a major threat in the world. Uh, we got three super chats while we were speaking. Amazing. Um, yeah. So, uh, Secular Sakai is saying, still pissed at Khamenei this morning. LOL. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Wow. Just gave a $100 donation to our OPREN project. Amazing. Thank you. Seeing total Amazing. Uh, donated to date around $700. Keeping a spreadsheet now on my end. Well, thank you, Sakai. I appear to be locked out of our account at the moment. So, I'm going to have to go talk to DonorBox, who I have some frustrations with. So, you know, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Yes. I will get you an updated number as soon as possible. Um, <laughs> and um, Vishwa Kumar. Well, it looks like he gave us a series, and then there Two. isn't a part third. Okay. Well, part three isn't okay. So he's saying a bit off topic. Cons- think first of all, thank you for the super chats, Vishwa. Um, saying a bit off topic. Consider embedding the links of these discussion video segments below those news articles. Not asking to edit to add these video segments later. Just put a separate section. We discuss this news here below right. the article, like you already do in your. And he's saying. I don't know why my third message is not being sent. So is he saying? Yeah, why is YouTube not letting super chats come in? He's saying, like, for example, this. Can I explain? Mm -hmm. He's saying this video that we just did and we're going to cut. He's saying, like, once we're done, to put it under here. Like, put it here. Mm -hmm. See, we discussed this Mm -hmm. news here. Yeah. It might be a good idea. Yeah. I like that idea. Mm. I think maybe under. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. Well, I, as a someone who manages our team, I'll have to think about it and talk to the people that. Do yeah, that. actually, you're right because Vishka here, Vish, Vishwa. Here's the problem: um, it's extra work, and right now we're overwhelmed with the amount of work that we have. And any work that we add has to really have a huge benefit for for it to make sense. Right, so we don't know if yeah. it's going to have that big of a benefit. Right, so that's why we might not do it. But it's a good thing to consider. And thank you yeah. for, for the super chat and the support. Yeah. I'm like, um, as a project manager, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, oh, we got a donation from the Armin agitators themselves. Saying for the oh, bonus wow. segment at the end of this stream, we believe Newman and Fudge deserve this recognition for organizing this infiltration and included a yes. link that we cannot click on in StreamYard. Can you, can you get a copy of that on your phone? I think um, I think I sent it to you. I yeah. At the end of the new segment, I will play these two, the two most recent video on Fudge's YouTube channel. Is that those? Is that those two? Because they have guys. The the Armin agitators have been working very 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 hard, and I was going to uh, acknowledge that by the end of today's show. But thank you for reminding me. Um, I will have the two videos ready. Hold on. Make make sure I have that, and no, that's not right. Yes, I will play these two videos at the end of the stream. I will also post a link to it in the live chat once we're done. Wait, should we mm-hmm. should we do a whole new its own new segment on it, or should we just play it at the end of today's show? Let me think we about that. Both. We could think about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. 
But guys, so for the for for the the, the army agitators, this link that you're sending, that's basically the clip that was made. Hold on. Let me see if that's the same URL. 38. This one, three, seven, three, eight, seven, three, eight. Yes, okay. I know what video it is. I will show it at the end of the stream. Thank you so much for the support, guys. Yes. All right. Yeah, it's, it's going to be funny. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. We have to explain to people what's happening as well. Um, all right. Can we move on to the next news? Oh, yes. Yes, we can. Thank you. Can we clap? Yes. Oh, great. Next news. Next news. Catholic group spent millions to out priests as gay using dating apps. Recently, the Washington Post and The Guardian reported that a conservative Colorado-based Catholic group, Renewal, reportedly spent millions of dollars to gather information and identify priests who use gay dating apps and share those data with bishops and Catholic leadership nationwide. According to the group's website, they are, quote, dedicated to offering resources to church leaders so they can better care for their priests and faithful. The group has reportedly spent at least $4 million on the project. An anonymous source told the Washington Post that the information gathered by the Renewal Project might push some clergy members to go on early retirement or to not receive any promotions. Some of the project's participants were allegedly instrumental in outing a prominent Catholic clergy member, Monsignor Jeffrey Burrill. In July of 2021, he was forced to resign as Secretary General of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, or USCCB, after a Catholic news site, The Pillar, uh, used commercially available data to track his use usage of gay dating apps and his visits to a gay bar and bathhouse. A UC, excuse me, U.S. CCB member criticized the project, saying revealing information that harms a person's reputation without an objectively valid reason, even if it's true, is considered a sin. So this was fascinating to me. The idea that there is this like, I don't know, self-appointed um, like group of Catholics going out and spending millions of dollars to purchase commercially available data to then go and track down priests who are using gay dating apps and then outing them to leadership um, is pretty insidious to me. How do you feel about this? Um, I feel very torn. I'm going to be honest. I feel very torn. Um, there are... Um, I There's a part of me that feels really bad for these priests. Um, there's a part of me that feels bad for any individual that has to lead such a duplicitous life. And, um, they do that to other people. I know that that's why I feel torn. That's why I feel torn. Like, I mean, why should any, 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 any individual priest may or may not be, homophobic or or promote homophobic rhetoric. I have personally spoken to and met an openly gay Catholic priest. Mm. You know? He's very I mean, unusual because he's openly gay and he's 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 
obviously very LGBT friendly. And he, he integrates that into his interpretation of theology, right? He's a great guy. He lives in San Francisco, of course. And, um, so it, I'm not going to say that each of these priests as individuals are promoting homophobic rhetoric, right? Because I don't necessarily know that to be true. Some of these people could actually be very loving in the way that they approach these situations, but they're still part of an institution that as a whole is damaging to this community, of course. And maybe I'm just too compassionate, but I just feel like I, if someone is forced to live like that, like that's, it's sad. It's sad. Like I pity them. Um, Yeah. And then to be outed and humiliated when you were just trying to, like, maybe they want to leave the church, but they don't know how to anymore because they don't have any career prospects or something. Yeah, and so they, they just are... try to integrate this 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 part of their life secretly into things as best as they can. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm sorry if I don't feel... So- well, I'm not sorry, actually. But I don't feel sorry for somebody who is making other people's lives miserable for the excuse that I don't have anything else to do. Like, okay, well, screw you. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to continue being in this, you know, promoting and contributing to this institution that is making people feel ashamed of their lives and ashamed of who they are and like second-class citizens all around the world and disgusted by themselves and who they want, like and how they are and their own nature and their own feelings. And then all of a sudden, and you're in that system, and most of them, by the way, are not like the way you described them, uh, you described, but even the ones who are, I'm not going to, that's, that's not a good excuse. You're just going to continue causing harm to all these people because i can't find anything else to do or go i don't i don't care go f yourself right um but again i'm not going to condone this behavior this is criminal right but at the same time i don't think it is technically criminal okay well then go for it um i mean i don't okay even for that even i still don't support it i still don't support it because these people who are doing it are probably doing for homophobic reasons right so yes they are yeah but at the same time, I'm not going to feel, I don't think these people are victims. I don't think these people are victims at all. Not at all. You're part of the most, one of the most um, disgusting, harmful institutions in the, in the world, and you're contributing to it. So you, you're, you're not the victim. You are responsible for victims. Uh, but yeah. But how well, They're a victim of being be? outed. They are a victim of being outed. Well, good. They're hypocrites. Oh, They're hypocrites. They are, they, they are responsible for making other people feel ashamed of themselves. And they're, and now if it happens to them, we're supposed to feel bad for them? But what if as an individual like should... priest or clergy member, they don't engage in that kind of rhetoric? And what if they actually are involved in their community? They're part of the Catholic Church. What if within their Catholic community, hypothetically, they're actively involved in trying to counter that rhetoric and change attitudes? Hypothetically. Okay, yeah, I mean, hypothetically, sure. Like, for example, within the Nazi Nazi system, we had people who wanted oh, to geez. kill Hitler. You're just going right? to say you're just gonna say that word? You're not going to say Yahtzee? Yeah, I was just going to say it. But 
I think the whole self-deletion is actually a, a much more big of a red flag these days because I've seen saying saying it and YouTube doesn't care about that word that much as much as before anymore. But anyways, um, we had people there who tried to like, I'm not just because of the few examples of people we could think of that were within the Nazi system and were actually trying to take down Hitler because they thought this is insane, right? I'm not, if somebody asks me, like, do you think they are bad? I'm not going to be like, well, there were a few of them that seem to be okay. Like, yeah, we're gonna, you know, that's the exception. I'm, in general, I'm just going to think about that if you're in the system, you're probably causing harm, right? So, yeah, maybe just a few examples if you could find there are like secret, you know, people within the system that are trying to bring the whole thing down or try to reduce the harm. Okay, sure. If there's somebody like that, I feel bad for you. But the rest of you... Well, that's very interesting, Norman, because usually you don't think of individuals as representative of systems or institutions in which they partake in. Well, Like, you're very you, no, critical no, it, of people who th- talk about whiteness oh, as a whole and then condemn white people it, individually oh, for the quote-unquote system of whiteness. Unless there's... Susie, people don't choose to be white. People choose to <laughs> priests. Okay, there's a difference. Okay, I didn't For, choose I this. <laughs> <laughs> there's a huge difference. Sometimes guilt by association makes sense if you choose to be a member of that association, right? Yeah. So, for example, like if you say like. Oh, you're a gang member. Well, I'm not going to judge you because I don't do guilt by association. What the hell are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you... <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Of course you're guilty, guilty by association. Right? <laughs> guilt, like, you, know, you know who does do guilt by association? It's called Rico, bitch. <laughs> Talk to the feds. It's no. called Rico. <laughs> not all guilt by associations are fallacies. If you have chosen to associate yourself by choice with an institution that is causing harm, then do, do guilt by association all you want. Guilt by association doesn't make sense with nationality, with ethnicity, with uh, a group that is not necessarily built to cr- cause harm. For example, you could be part of club uh, a, a group that was intended for something else and then some of those members of that group are doing something bad and then you're being uh, guilt by association with that mm-hmm. with them just because you happen to be in part of the same group but if the intention if the intention of the group is to cause harm then you could do guilt by association especially if it's mm-hmm. voluntary for you to be in that group yeah 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 i don't know i think part of my perspective is like being part of the LGBT community, like I have a very intimate um, understanding of like how traumatic and life altering being outed can be as an experience. And I don't want people to go through that in general. Like that's extremely harmful. So I, there's a part of me that just feels like there's, yeah, there's just a part of me that, that has sympathy for someone who has to go through an experience as horrible as being outed. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we should move on because we want to spend less time on each news. But um, uh, Vishwa, who sent us three uh, super chats, is trying to get us the third message to us. So I'm going to read that. Um, he or she is saying that similar web says, which is an online tool, says that 90% of our of visits to Atheist Republic websites are from Facebook and Twitter. So it could also help increase the YouTube channel traffic. Yeah, but if um, which I think it would be more helpful if we just post the YouTube 
directly to Twitter and Facebook. So instead of like doing that extra, which we are doing. But again, something to consider. So thank you for mm-hmm. the recommendation. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's move on. Oh, this one is, this is sad, but this is an important story. So um, no yeah. clapping for this news. Okay, but one thing, I think because we need to, Susie is going to run out of time, I think we should do an Armin Agitator segment, entire segment next week, instead of doing this this, this sure. week, okay? Because I don't, want, I don't want this to become a long segment. So let's dedicate, guys, so the Armin Agitators, thank you for the super chat. We will dedicate an entire segment to that next week, okay? So. Um, I think that'll be go. more amusing, too. Yes, yes, okay. You don't. You're not just a bonus, okay? You deserve your own segment. <laughs> you deserve your own segment. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Can we? Oh, you said no. We said no clapping. Okay. Next news. Um. Next news. Ex Jehovah's Witness kills seven in church shooting. On March 9th, a gunman in Hamburg, Germany, stormed and fired bullets inside a Kingdom Hall building used by the Jehovah's Witnesses, killing seven and injuring many others before taking his own life. Among the wounded was a woman who was 28 weeks pregnant and lost the baby due to the injury. Reports from the Associated Press and The Guardian identified the suspect as 35-year-old German man named Philip F., He was a former member of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Philip reportedly left the denomination, quote, voluntarily, but apparently not on good terms, 18 months ago. German police claimed that Philip F. might have been psychologically unfit to own a gun and showed anger towards the congregation. Olaf Scholz, Germany's chancellor and former mayor of Hamburg, uh, expressed his shock and sent condolences to the families of the victims, describing the act as a, quote, brutal act of violence. So this was really important. This got a lot of coverage within the past week or since the shooting because in in Europe, um, uh, they have way more gun control than we do here in America. Um, but in the context of Europe, Germany has more gun liberties than other countries. So you see a little bit more of this kind of activity, but it's still way more rare than it is in the United States. Um, and I... I thought this was really interesting because the this is this is what makes it difficult to talk about. The Jehovah's Witnesses are a cult. They are a destructive cult that uses very deeply harmful psychological tactics upon its members, tactics of control and tactics of psychological um and social ostracization and shunning. Um and so I think it's interesting to consider that dynamic, but it's also difficult to talk about because then it sounds like you're blaming the victims if you're talking about the abusive practices of this group. But then you don't want to be like pointing to these seven people and the many others that were injured and saying they're to blame. Do you understand what I'm saying here? What, what do you think yes, about this contention? Yeah. We had the same problem with Fallen Dafa, which is a very, very dangerous cult, and at the same time is very much abused and mistreated and uh, tortured by the Chinese government. So it's a, uh, but it's also a very dangerous and racist cult. So, so I think people just have to learn that these things can be happening, um, can be true at the same time, and one doesn't one doesn't deny the other one, one doesn't negate the other one. So, 
I think it's more, um, I mean, we could try our best to explain to people that we're not blaming the victim, but I think it's up to the audience to be able to understand that these things don't contradict each other. But, I mean, maybe it's not a good time to mention how um, destructive this cult is when they have victims mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should maybe we should leave that to other times. I don't know. What do you guys think? Should we let us know in the comments after? Yeah, if, if I think that's a really if, good question. Yeah, because I I think okay it, without I think it is interesting to consider if the overarching systematic behaviors of a group may have impacted an individual to act out. Now, that's not to blame any random individual who was harmed or congregation for those actions, right? Because this is something that's systematic throughout the organization. It's a culture. Right. So you're saying because but, their but, harmful practices had, had a role in this, it's hard for us not to mention it at all. We're speculating that it had a role in this. Right. It, let's be clear. Right. It is speculation. Yes. So, but like it's, but, but it is part, like if it was any other news, it, uh, you would discuss this as part of the options. Part, I, would, the I would also right? consider it if it was a different group. Yeah. So it's hard for us not to mention that because it is one mm-hmm. of the possibilities. I think, I think we are doing fine. We could just be like, this is one of the possibilities and Hey guys, don't blame the victim. I think that's as a content creator, what else can you do? Like, like Hey, we're not, this is, obviously horrible yeah but what's interesting sorry for cutting you off um what makes this interesting is that this man had published he had self-published a book on amazon and in this book on amazon he talks about basically how he can almost as if he's like a prophet himself he has like he had a website where he offered to for the fee of like a hundred, no, excuse me, 250,000 euros. Like he will somehow give people the path to like wealth and prosperity through, I don't know, divination or something. So those beliefs that he had were, we can't really make any judgments about what his mental state were after the fact. Right. Cause we don't know like what was the context that he wrote this or who he wrote it for, but very bizarre beliefs. I'll just say that bizarre beliefs to the point that he cannot be considered a Jehovah's Witness. Definitely not. Not in line with their beliefs or basically a Christian in general. So, and he had previously had someone send in an anonymous tip concerned about his mental health and asking the police to go consider taking away his gun license and his guns. He legally owned the weapons in which he used to do this attack. And they went and did an assessment and said that he was fine. And then this happened. So there's clearly a lot more behind the scenes than what's clearly out in the news right now. Hmm. Well, somebody's going to get punished for during for that assessment, I guess. Um, we need to move on. But Secular Sakai just mentioned something that I didn't see. Sorry about that. Uh, Secular Sakai saying, don't forget to thank uh, Shriyash Singh for the five membership gifted. I'm so sorry that I missed that. Thank you so much for the membership gifts. And also, thank you so much for to Secular Sakai for showing me something that I missed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to you. Thank both. you. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you, guys. Um, okay. Can we clap for the next news? 
Um, this is hilarious. Yes, we can. Okay, good. Next news. Next news. Christian leader blames gay sex, abortion, and... Sorry, arm- sorry. I made a oh. mistake. Start from the beginning. Okay, okay. next news. Next news. Christian leader blames gay sex, abortion, and um, let's say adult video content for the New Zealand cyclone. Recently, Brian Tamaki of the Destiny Church in New Zealand suggested that Cyclone Gabriel, a storm that recently devastated New Zealand and parts of Australia, was caused by homosexuality and, can I say the P word? Yeah, go ahead. And pornography. <laughs> he claimed that the storm hit the towns of um, Gisborne and Hastings in New Zealand the hardest because they have, quote, the highest number of porn watchers in the country. Tamaki backed his claims by saying that he hopped on a porn site to research the perversion linked to bad weather. <laughs> He also said New Zealand was designated for destruction because it has, quote, the queerest parliament in the world. (laughs) He continued his rant saying, please stop watching porn, New Zealand. It's getting us in trouble. By the way, I don't watch porn. (laughs) In response (laughs) to these remarks, Rahet Stoltz, Gisborne's uh, mayor, told the online magazine the spinoff that his claims were disappointing, unhelpful, and laughable. (laughs) He actually ended it with, by the way, I don't watch porn. Yes, yes. Can I, I can pull up some of his um, other quotes from this, this rant, because it was pretty hilarious. In our news article, we have um, some of his tweets that was pretty awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and Watcher saying, by the way, I don't watch porn. Why so defensive? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody did what people asking. <laughs> <laughs> what was he? Oh my god. But is this guy famous? He seemed like a big deal. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what goes on in New Zealand. I don't know how influential this guy is. People were trolling him pretty hard on um Twitter. So <laughs> wait, go open up our article and scroll there's <laughs> our editor D put in such a good meme. Scroll down. So here's a tweet that he had on Twitter. He says, like it or not, there is no denying that Cyclone Gabriel is an act of God. And who better to talk about an act of God than a man of God? Read more here. And then scroll down a little bit. Someone replied to it (laughs) and said, your theology is bad and you should feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, God. There's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. How religious really is, is New Zealand that religious? I can't believe this. It's crazy. And so here are some here are some other quotes from him. He's saying that this happened to New Zealand because they have the, this these towns in New Zealand because they had the highest number of porn watchers in the country. Um, he said that uh, that this game this um cyclone was an act of God brought on by the moral depravity and degradation. Of porn users, which he must have concluded after watching hours of porn. <laughs> and then um, he also said uh, they're about these two towns that got hit hard. He said, and they're the biggest watchers of the porn site, the porn sites of gay porn. I know. And I closed it and thought, I can't do this in church. I can't say this publicly. <laughs> I love him saying, um, please stop watching porn. New Zealand is getting us in trouble. And by the way, I don't watch porn. <laughs> It was reaction. This is so funny. He's saying this guy actually watched porn for research purposes. 
<laughs> well, I mean, aren't isn't New Zealand more famous for shagging sheep? Wouldn't that be more the more um, likely reason for the cycle? Excuse isn't me. Isn't New Zealand isn't New Zealand country famous for the people there shagging sheep? Um, this is the first time I have heard this <laughs> slanderous claim. <laughs> <laughs> it is. What? Famous? I know that yeah. they, Dylan, I know that they have more sheep than they oh have people, but I didn't ever. I've never heard about them doing anything except shearing the sheep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Sakai is saying sure that is Scotland, Armin. Sakai, I will not take this slander against my my ancestors <laughs> and my heritage. Okay, this is <laughs> slanderous. How dare you say this about my people? <laughs> I'm so offended. Uh, oh yeah, Terrell is saying I was gonna say that that's actually Pakistan, but then I realized that was actually goats. Yes, goats were yeah, Pakistan. But I'm pretty sure New Zealand is famous for shagging sheep. I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain. What? Are you, where are you getting this from? Where are you getting this, this from? Is... Look, Shane is confirming this. Most this, of Kiwis no, you guys, original. Not, no, 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 no. I'm not buying this. All, to all, to all my New Zealanders out there, all my Kiwis, Mataora. Okay, I will not accept this. Language. I'm actually having a little bit of a trauma right now because I was trying to do research about this to see if it's true, and mm -hmm. I did not like what I saw. I'm actually, I'm actually about to. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I am. I I just I'm I'm a little bit like distracted right now because I'm trying to clean my uh, like the mental image of uh, the thing that I just saw. I I, I don't even know how to talk. About. What have you just done stuff. to yourself? I don't know. What I have you just done to yourself? It. I don't want to oh talk. Oh my god. <laughs> That's wow. Why? There's no safe way to research these things. Oxymoron is saying, weren't you Irish last time around? Believe it or not, people can actually have multiple <laughs> ethnicities. <laughs> Especially yeah. when you're a white American. You're probably a whole... I'm a mutt. I'm a mix of a lot of, a lot of stuff. This is why the pure Aryans in Iran say United States is having a crisis of identity because they're a mix of so many <laughs> things that we have no... <laughs> This is this is what they're. Yeah. This is what Iranian. Like they're all over, but they they actually brag about this. They're like, look, if you look at my my ancestors, they all came from Iran. But if you go to America and they do a DNA test, they just they just mix of so many things that that's why they have no identity to fall back on. Oh my god. Racist talk. Racist talk, yeah. Well, actually, this is really interesting because speaking of New Zealand, I was on a plane flight yesterday and I made friends with a Maori guy that yeah. I was sitting next to. And we were talking about his ancestry and the Maori have a very different concept of an like sacred ancestry or sacred lineage called like Whakapapa. And I made friends with him because I actually like know these terms and I um, could, I, he's like, you, you pronounced it right? Like, how do you know this? Da, da, da. Which goes on to show you guys that this is why it is so awesome to live in a multicultural society 
to be interested in other cultures. Because if you just know a little bit, a little bit about someone else's culture and you show curiosity towards it when you ask them about it, it is the best way to make friends. Like he, he was so impressed that I knew the word, the, the, the Maori word for the, the facial tattoos, the mokko, and, and about the, the really authentic tattoos that they do down their sides that on the thighs that most people like don't know about, like, um, all this stuff in the whakapapa, like, um, yeah. And this is a great way to make friends with people. So be curious about other cultures, learn about other cultures and make friends guys. Okay. Multiculturalism is based. <laughs> That's my message for today. <laughs> hey, actually, our editor, please cut that part out. That was a pretty good. That was a pretty good. I want a little rainbow. Multiculturalism is based. <laughs> we should put a rainbow here. Um, that's good. Wait, what is this? Is this the? Is this okay? We're going to India again. Cool. <laughs> the guy is saying Kia ora to all Maori. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> what was that group of people that uh, we talked about on YouTube and we got almost a strike for it? Was that the, these guys? Remember the guys with the skull? The guys go like no, the agori. The name. Agoris are these the agoris? The next one news is the no, agori? but actually we are going to be talking about the agori today. Oh really? Wow. Okay. Oh wait, um, shoot. I shouldn't have. Damn it! I spoiled it because I was going to ask you. Damn it! Okay, never mind. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna try to forget. Um, I won't forget. You can't because uh, it's the next we... news. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Do I have to write one up? We have two India back-to-back -back news. Or do um, I have to? No, this is the right one. It, we only have one Indian news today. What? How do we have? A, we have a quarry in South America. All right. Uh, can we clap? No, I don't think so. Well, we're gonna clap we... because. We're going to talk about how outrageous this is, okay? Scandalous. Okay, okay. Next news. Next news. Indian woman's menstrual blood sold for witchcraft. In a shocking incident from Pune, India, a woman has filed a complaint against her own husband and in-laws for allegedly subjecting her to horrific menstrual rituals. According to the woman's complaint, her husband and in-laws not only harassed her during her periods, but also collected her menstrual blood for agori rituals before selling it off. Aghori is a Hindu sect known for its extreme beliefs and practices. They are known for their aesthetic lifestyle, which involves living in cremation grounds, wearing ashes of the dead, and engaging in unconventional rituals, including sometimes even cannibalism. To make matters worse, the woman was reportedly tied up and starved during her menstrual cycle, leading to outrage from activists and netizens alike. The husband and in-laws have been arrested for violating Indian laws that prohibit inhuman activities and black magic. Sadly, this is not an isolated incident in India where many people still believe in superstitious practices and rituals that often victimize women. I was right, this is about the Aghoris. I know, I was gonna, I was gonna say, Armin, I'm gonna tell you about this and then tell me what sect this comes from, but I spoiled it. <laughs> no, you didn't spoil it because I, I thought, as soon as I saw the skull, I was like, Aghori. And also, yeah. as soon as I saw something opposite than other religious sects, because in religion, they they seem to be, most religions are terrified of women's periods for some reason, okay? And True. Agoris, that's what, they, yeah, everybody, every religion is like, oh my God, women on periods, that's like the dirtiest thing ever. Like, get them away from everything. 
everything. Just move them away, okay? But Agoris are the upside-down religion. I, ca I consider them to be the upside-down religion, right? Uh, Agoris are like everything. Point. Yeah, Agoris, the whole base, the whole identity of Agoris are like, we like what everybody hates, right? And we are the things that, especially Hinduism, especially it's the upside down of hinduism right so it's 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 a part of hinduism but it's also the upside down of hinduism whatever hinduism hates we we not not only we love it we eat it we eat it we rub it on our body so hinduism hates shit um we eat shit literally um hinduism hates dead bodies we we have a skull with us all the time. We eat dead bodies too. We eat dead bodies. What was that guy that actually met me to these guys and was made to eat it a was, human brain? No, no. What makes it better is in that CNN special. It was Reza Aslan. Yeah. Reza, Reza Aslan, Aslan got <laughs> terrified by the Agoris. He literally ran away from them. Right. <laughs> he's like, I'm scared. He ate, a, he ate human brain and then he ran away. He was terrified. <laughs> Did he, he, he actually ate. Yeah, he ate. That's no. what's like, what's gonna. That's what got it so controversial because people were like, "Why are you actually eating human brain?" But also, that's yeah, very these people risky go, from a health perspective. These people go looking around for like when you, you know, dead bodies. You know, the fresh dead bodies. They go and dig them up and start eating them, right? Um, and what did it do with the with the Dalits with the untouchable? Like they love the untouchables, right? I don't know. There's I don't know. I don't know about that. Anyway, every so for example, in Hinduism, there's certain things that are so dirty that only the untouchables or Dalits are supposed to do, right? And these people are like, give it to me, give it all to me. You know, washroom related stuff, dead people related stuff, a garbage. You know, I don't eat anything other than garbage. Okay, if you give this well, people or like a sandwich, yeah. Well, something because these things in Hinduism are seen as pure, spiritually unclean because they are so deeply connected to the material world. They're like as material right. of the material world as you can get, right? But the Agoris invert it because they say we're yes. actually using these things that people find material and dirty and disgusting, and we're using our immersion in these things as a way for us to basically pursue ego death. Right. 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 That, so the whole, so you think these things are bad? Well, for them, that's the point because um, we want to be disassociated with these things because we think like we're above these things, right? Because these things are dirty and we want to, so they're like, Oh, these things that other people hate, we will surround those things, um, sur you know, surround ourselves with those things so that we have no ego, right? So we're dirty, we're eating things that people don't like. So there's no way that we could uh, see ourselves as um, high, because look at us, like, look, look at us, we're surrounded with shit and dead body parts and, you know, ash. Um, so nobody likes us and we don't like ourselves because we have no ego, right? So that's the whole point. And th this is why they go after... Uh, menstrual blood because everybody like most people are disgusted by it and they're like yeah that's exactly the point we like it because we, other people are disgusted by it but what do they do with it they they drink it what do so they do with so, i don't blood? i don't know what they did with it so they would take allegedly according to this woman's complaint they would tie her up restrain her 
And for three days, they would starve her, and then they would use cotton or cotton swabs to, excuse me, collect her menstrual blood, and then sell it. Which is, the the method of collecting is very confusing for me, because then, like, what do you do with the cotton swabs? I don't know. I don't understand. I really don't understand. (laughs) Awesome is saying maybe they make tea with that. I mean, that would explain the swamp. Oh, God. But, yeah. People are By the way, um, we should have brought, like, can we rub the skull? Yeah, D is right. Every time we talk about a guri, we have to rub the skulls. I know. I don't have Aww. my skull anymore. Well, I mean, I have it, just not with Aww. me. Damn. It's okay. I'll rub it for both of us. I know. You have to make the noise for us. This is what we did last time when we got a strike, by the way. So I don't know if this is. We realized that YouTube. Yeah. By the way, why why is he selling it? I thought the whole point of ego death is that you don't need material stuff, but the guy needs money. They're they're, they're selling it allegedly to conduct black magic rituals. Oh, okay. And so that other people okay, can I... conduct black magic rituals. And they were arrested yeah. under Maharashtra's Act for the Prevention and Eradication of Human Sacrifice and other inhuman eagle, evil and agory practice activities in Black Magic Act of 2013. So the name of the act says that it is, yeah, a gory. They put evil and a gory in the same sentence. Wait. Um, young, young atheist is saying, this is extremely disgusting. These type of people criticize atheists for eating human blood. I mean, a gory people don't, are not, don't talk much about anything, do they? I don't think you're saying these type of people criticize atheists. I don't. I've never heard Agori people talking about atheists. I don't think they have intellectual discussions about. <laughs> I don't think they have. I don't think they're interested in converting know. anybody. Yeah. No, I don't I think don't these know. are the same people, young atheists. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they just live in a, their own world. I don't think they are interested in. Well, Armin, to be fair, you won't, our main exposure to Agorias have been the people that go all the way. They're living the full aesthetic lifestyle, like living in a graveyard. Like, there are other people that have Agoria practices that aren't that deep right. into it. Yes, they drink, they only drink menstrual blood sometimes. Not all the time, right? <laughs> uh, we Oh, we need to move on. But we just got a super chat by the Armin Agitator saying, Susie, I think this is for you, if you haven't seen the late, you read this. This is for you, Su- Susanna. Sus, actually, sus. If you haven't seen the latest of the Bill versus Armin saga, you might fall out of your chair laughing once again next week when you catch up to the awesomeness that's been happening. It's been nuts. I have been saving. I have not watched it because I want to give you guys my live first reaction. Mm. So I've been I've been saving it. That's good. Good idea. Thank you for the super chat. Um. All right, can we clap for the next news? Yeah, this is this is also just wild. Okay, cool. Next news. Next news. Ouija boards caused 28 schoolgirls to be hospitalized in Colombia. Prepare to be spooked. Recently, a group of schoolgirls in Colombia experienced a chilling encounter with Ouija boards that left them hospitalized. A Ouija board is a board with letters, numbers, and other symbols printed on it that some people believe can communicate with spirits or the dead. Participants place their fingers on a small heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic called a planchette, which moves around the board to spell out messages purportedly from the spirit world. 
According to the reports, 28 girls were rushed to the hospital after they suffered from anxiety attacks following their use of the mysterious board game. The incident took place in the Galeras Educational Institution in southern Colombia, where girls reportedly fainted and displayed numerous symptoms of anxiety. Although parents are blaming the Ouija board for the hospitalizations, the school board, the school's head has urged caution and restraint, calling on people to avoid jumping to conclusions that may cause unnecessary panic. Interestingly, this is not the first time such an incident has occurred in Colombia. In November of last year, 11 teenagers from another school passed out using after using the same board game. However, it was later discovered that teenagers had actually suffered from food poisoning, not the supernatural. Mm. What do you suspect is happening here? I suspect that there is either some confounding factor here like something else that could be considered like in the incident that happened last year where there's actually food poisoning or um that this is a low-level case of um mass psychogenic illness aka mass hysteria i mean obviously if it happens to just 28 people mass hysteria or mass psychogenic illness is usually defined as these things spreading to other schools or other villages or other towns, da da da, um, and so far this hasn't spread at all. So that's why I'm saying low level. So my my um, my best guess would be a um, yeah, some basically just psychogenic illness, because a lot of the um, symptoms that are reported are very similar or in line with other cases of girls having psychogenic illness. For example, they the anxiety attacks that they had, they reported respiratory problems, problems breathing, um, fainting, um, uh, had to be hospitalized, but they all recovered fairly quickly. I think that there were some reports that there were a few girls who maybe had underlying illnesses, um, but most of them didn't. And so I think of it as basically psychological contagion. That is my, that is speculation. Let me be clear, but that is my best guess. Yeah. I mean, you just need a couple of them to have an episode. And given that, you know, they had the thing there, uh, all the other ones who who are not prone to being to such an anxiety attack, they're just going to um, relate these two with each other. And all of a sudden they have a reason to have an anxiety attack, right? So you just like, imagine you have 28 girls, imagine two of them actually are prone to having an anxiety attack, but people who are witnessing that are just going to connect these together. And now they're going to think that they are under harm's way as well. And they're going to have a more... Yeah, because they're like, oh, we were uh, playing with the Ouija board as well. That means that we are also prone to having this reaction because the spirits are inside of us, da, da, da. Because if you look at... um, Our editor, D put in a few tweets where people were responding to this news, and they're basically talking about how these girls were possessed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Scroll down here. It says these girls pro- have probably picked up demons playing with that occult board and will help, and mo- they will more than likely need deliverance. God help our young people. And if you scroll down, there's one more. 
It says, I know people think that the occult slash voodoo slash rituals, etc. is just something fun to play with, and especially because of how it's portrayed on TV in recent years. But these are all very dark spiritual practices, and I think people have been brainwashed into thinking that they aren't. So a lot of people are going to think that uh, this is they literally were touched by spirits and that's why they're having this reaction. Um, and that belief is probably in my, again, speculation. Um, I think what, what fueled this event is someone had an, an anxiety attack and then the girls are like, Oh my God, I also was touched by spirits. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You only have to believe that this could happen and then you're going to have an anxiety attack. And if you see something happening and you believe that something could happen, then you're going to have anxiety attack. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, I'm not saying that's what happened, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened. <laughs> D is saying God was warning them. <laughs> um, okay, yes, this next one is very interesting. We can clap for this. We're back to Saudi again. All mm -hmm. right, next news. Next news, Saudi Islamic scholars debate death penalty for ex-Muslims on TV. Don't you love it when people casually debate whether you should be killed? Just casually. It's just a debate to have on TV, whether you should just be killed for not wanting to believe something. Well, let's get into it. On March 2nd, Saudi Arabian channel Rotama uh, Khalija, Khalija TV aired a show that sparked controversy across the Muslim world. Two Saudi religious scholars debated whether apostasy, or abandoning one's religion, should be punished by death according to Islam. Ahmed al-Ghamdi uh, argued that people have the right to choose whether to adhere to Islam or not, and that there is no verse in the Quran that mandates the death penalty for apostasy. However, Abd al-Rahman al-Karim claimed that apostasy is a grave sin and it deserves the death penalty as stated by Prophet Muhammad. This debate brings up the question of religious freedom and human rights in many Muslim countries, including Saudi Arabia, where apostasy is still a crime punishable by death. Now, I thought that this was really interesting for a couple of reasons. If you scroll down, we actually have the full video embedded, and we could watch that if we want. Of course, everything is subtitled, but... Um, what I find so interesting, or I, I could read out the statements um, so that we don't have to pause the video and all that stuff. It was significant to me that this is still happening because I think clips like this are important to show audiences because it's not like this is a conversation that was held 10 or 15 years ago. This is a conversation that was on Saudi TV at the beginning of this month, right? So for anyone who's like, oh no, these aren't opinions that are widely held, da da da, that's just not true. <laughs> these are still things that are openly supported it on openly supported on TV. And um it's it's still a point of contention. So don't let anyone tell you that, like, oh no, no, that was only like, you know, 15, 20 years ago that people were saying these things openly, da da da. No, that's not true. This is literally March 2nd. <laughs> Second of all. What I find very significant, Armin, is that the man who is arguing that there that people should be free to leave Islam is the former head of the Mecca chapter for the authority of the promotion of virtue and prevention of vice. So one of the people who is the head of in Mecca, the how do you say it right? A ribbon a ribbon of roof from Hasmakar? Something like that? I don't know what you're referring to. 
the, the for for forbidding good and commanding. Oh, Thank you. Um, so someone who was like in charge of that is the one who's arguing that they shouldn't, the people should be free to leave Islam and they shouldn't be forced to do so. He said, quote, people who do not adhere to the Islamic faith are free to do so. They must not be convert, com- coerced. Um, and there, he said, there are unambiguous verses in the Quran regarding their freedom to do so. Allah said, there is no coercion in religion. He cited the famous verse, um, 256 of the second surah of the Quran. There is an unambiguous verse and it applies to the infidel before his conversion to Islam as well as people who converted and then became apostates. They are free to do so as Allah made it clear in this verse. Um, And he also said that there isn't an explicit verse in the Quran saying that apostates should be killed as a punishment for his apostasy. And meanwhile... This um, other scholar who is part of the Saudi Fiqh Association um, just com- completely disagrees with him. He's like, no, what are you talking about? This is 100% hudud. Like, um, this is clearly mentioned in the Quran. And um, there there has been a consensus among Islamic jurisprudence in, about the punishment for apostasy. And we have the hadith. And he, he lists all the reasons. And I can give his full quotes in a second if you want. But what do you what do you think about this? One, the the scholars and their credentials of who's saying it, and the fact that they're having this conversation at all. What 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 is your thought? Okay, so um, let's let's make this very clear. The core, the Islam itself is very clear about this. Okay, if Islam is uh, the Quran and the Hadith then it's very clear that the teachings of Islam tells you that somebody who leaves Islam, they're supposed to be uh, executed. It's very, very clear, right? Uh, The interesting thing is that one of these two guys was focusing only on the Quran and not on the Hadith, which seems to be very much in line with what Muhammad bin Salman is trying to do, to reduce the influence of Hadith in Saudi Arabia. And to just have a Quranist perspective. A Quranist perspe- perspective means mostly focusing on the Quran and getting rid of the Hadiths, right? Um, that is a very challenging thing to do because that's how that's not what Islam is. Islam has been there's been a consensus for the past for ever since Islam was a thing um, that Islam is both the Quran and the hadith and the sunnah basically there's a there's two wings that you can't fly without the quran uh, muhammad is a role model his teachings and sayings and the words of god as these are the two guys that you have to know how to live so you can't just cut one of these out because if you do cut one of these out then almost everything that we recognize about islam goes away um the hadith if if you question the hadith then Islam would be unrecognizable. In fact, most of the teachings of Islam, most of the commandments of Islam don't come from the Quran, they come from the Hadith. Without the Hadith, you wouldn't know how to pray, you wouldn't know how to fast, you wouldn't know how to do the Hajj, you wouldn't know how to do anything. So to question that is to question Islam uh, entirely. Um, So the guy that is focusing on the Quran, the thing is that the Quran actually doesn't have anything that is against executing ex-Muslims, right? So the guy, if it was referring to any verse, there is no such a verse that you could point to and say, like, this is uh, the execution of ex-Muslims against it. It's in the Quran. Maybe if somebody wants to say there's a 
the verse that says law akrahafadin, maybe he wants to refer to that one, but but that one um that one is not about Islamic laws. That's that that one is about somebody whether they convert to Islam or not convert to Islam, it shouldn't be by force. They have to choose, they have to choose, right? But it's not about not um enforcing Islamic laws, as which Islamic laws includes the Sharia, which you know by the hadith. So once you become a Muslim, you're still allowed to leave Islam. Just know that if we find out you would be executed, right? So you could keep it private um, and not tell anybody, and then you could get away with it like that. Uh, but again, if the state finds out, then you're screwed. Um, so, so, but again, I see this whole debate as, and this has been the consensus, and the whole Islam is based on consensus, right? So this has been the consensus of scholars forever about what you're supposed to do with ex-Muslims. So for, for you to come and suggest that this is not part of Islam, is dishonest because only after the pressure after the pressure that you're experiencing from the rest of the world because of your backwards you know moral standards all of a sudden you're realizing that for the past 1300 years uh, this was wrong and it was always not in islam it's completely ridiculous suggestion to suggest that this was not part of islam right i mean you could change it suggesting that's not part of islam he's just saying that people that do not adhere to the Islamic faith are free to do so. Well, that's not Islamic. That's what I'm saying. That's not <laughs> Islamic. Islam, Islam teaches you that you're supposed to do that. Islam very yeah. clearly. This is Sahih Hadith. Again, this is this. I think is completely in line with the with the cutting off of Hadith of Muhammad bin Salman. To me, um, this could be I don't know an attempt to introduce because these discussions was not free to have these discussions before in Saudi Arabia on such a national stage, right? But I think, like, these debates are being had, maybe, to normalize as an alternative way of looking at it. So, given how much Muhammad bin Salman is coming out and against hadith that is not mutawatir, even if the hadith is sahih, and now seeing conversations like this being normalized, to me, it seems like Quranism which means that a, fo- an, a Quran-only focused version of Islam is something that is trying to be um, pushed into society from the top down to make, to normalize seeing. Because if you could question the Hadith, most of Sharia will be questionable. And if Muhammad bin Salman can successfully find a way to question most of Sharia, then all, all the Sharia-based Saudi laws will be um would be able to you would be able to remove that but that would take it but it's hard to do that because you're living in a country where where you have the world's some of the world's biggest scholars right so mm. medina itself for example is the sort medina and mecca are both the source of some of the most world recognized scholars who are completely who other people around the world look to for guidance and they are all um, against this this is insane for them this is completely like this is worse than kufr. This is beda. This is changing Islam from within, um, and they are all against this, and they can't. Um, and they think like the great. The, 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 this basically makes Muhammad, in their eyes, Muhammad bin Salman is the worst enemy of Islam right now, because it's one thing for. Uh, people who are not Muslim to come against Islam. It's one thing from right-wingers or ex-Muslims or other people like, okay, these are the enemies of Islam, obviously, right? But it's another thing for somebody 
from within an Islamic country, from within the land of the Prophet to come out and spread these to the world. Like there is no great in the eyes of the Islamic scholars around the world. Yeah, this is this is this is a, a rotting from within. So this is the greatest threat. This is this honestly, and, I think the they might be right. They, yeah, they are. Um, and the fact that uh, Mohammed bin Salman is close with Israel, they think this whole thing is a Zionist plot. Like, th this is, for them, this is a huge red flag that the Zionists have managed to infiltrate and come from within, from the land of the Prophet, to be able to try to defeat Islam from the inside out. So, this yo. for them is a huge red flag. Yeah. Hey, yo. Yeah. Damn. If that's true, we just all need to give in to the Zionists because they're too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> just give up. Just give up, guys. Just give up. There's no hope. Why would you even try? Oh, you know what? You know why you shouldn't give up hope? You know what? what? Because they because they deceive and they deceive, but Allah is the greatest of deceivers. There you go. At the end, when you think all hope is lost, they all deceive, but Allah is the greatest of all deceivers, and he will come on top. Can I get a talk beer in the chat? Take <laughs> <laughs> <The> beer! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. We're full Amazing. <laughs> Do you think it's a sign of progress that... Um, this conversation is even being had on Saudi TV. Um, yes, but I just I'm, want to be careful not to. I mean, this is. I, I want you guys to enjoy seeing this happening, right? I want you guys to be happy that this is happening, but I want you guys to stop short at congratulating Mohammed bin Salman. Okay, it's okay for you to be enjoying this. It's okay for you to be celebrating this. It's okay for you to see this as potentially progress. Okay, if it doesn't all come falling down. But again, do not do not congratulate this monster for it. Okay, Mohammed bin Salman is the greatest war, war criminal of our lifetime. So there's that. So just a warning. But also, D has a very interesting point. It's saying, I don't understand the confusion. The Quran is clear. It's a perfect book. Yeah. So if you guys don't know what... Yeah. So, guys, if you guys don't understand what D is referring to, is that the Quran itself makes it very clear that it is a very clear book. So it says that it comes in clear Arabic, and it's very simple and accessible to everybody, which should make conversations like this and confusions like this not happening. So I don't know why it's happening. What is there to be confused very about? Clear... I don't understand. What yeah. is it? It's supposed to be very clear. Why are why are all these confusions? Yeah. So, um, what is it? you highlighted? Gave this. Me a... you <laughs> no, I want to highlight this. Ayan gave me a Susan Akbar. <laughs> Susan Akbar. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Oh, and the evil eye. The eye. The eye. Oh, this is this is this is. Um, Islamic Islam is against this, by the way. You know that they consider the sorcery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is definitely shirk. What do you guys call that shirk, in yeah. um, Persian? Yeah, I don't actually know. Because it has a lot of different names you... in different languages. I know it as malo ojo, malo ojo, but that's Spanish, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it's usually included okay. in the the hand of Fatima. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, well, that's different. That's different. That's different. Yeah, it is. Anyways. Did you know that Muhammad was cursed one time? 
with magic with sorcery. Who cursed him? The Jewish woman? Some power. No, no, there was no, 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 no. That was way before, like way before. Some powerful sorcerer, and they went look for it, and they found that there was a comb at the bottom of a well. I think that was causing the curse. Oh wow! Anyway, Vishwa, yeah. it's the Nazar. Thank you. Yes. I don't know if is that what you call it in Persian. I think this Nazar, is what the Kurdish people Nazar. call it. Yeah, but you just have to touch wood and we're fine. I don't know. <laughs> also, before we move to the next news segment, I just want to say that when we were covering the menstrual blood Agori Indian news story. My neighbor upstairs is blasting Indian music. <laughs> I was like, this is a little too on the nose. <laughs> but inside, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so I have this picture ready to go. That's good, that's good, that's good. Guys, Beautiful. That, a perfect screen. Okay. So are you ready for the next news? Yes. Next news. Next news. Atheist Day 2023. Okay, guys, this is very exciting. It's that time of year again. It's the time of year to say loudly and proudly, I'm an atheist. And so, for those who don't know, Atheist Day is March 23rd. And um, can you please share the screen, Armin? Beautiful. The symbol of Atheist Day, for those who do not know, is a green circle. And the idea behind a green circle is that you can share a picture of a green circle, no matter where you are in the world, to signal your non-belief without it being immediately identifiable that you are an atheist, right? Because for a lot of people in a lot of countries, being open about their apostasy is dangerous for them, maybe in their community or because of the laws of their country, right? And but if you just have a green circle, if someone comes to you and is like, what is this? What does this mean? Da da da. You're like, it's it's just it's just a green circle. What what do you what whatever do you mean, good sir? This is a green circle. What what could this, what could this, what could possibly be wrong? So you know, it, it's 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 a safer symbol for a lot of atheists around the world, and it also has some symbolism behind it as well. Mainly being like Occam's razor and stuff like that. But Atheist Day again is happening on March twenty third this year in North America. That is uh, this coming Thursday, and I believe for the rest of the world that would be this coming Friday, and. Um, what you can do to help celebrate Atheist Day is to make a post on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, just either with a green circle or maybe like your hand in a green circle or you holding up something with a green circle and just talking about being an atheist. If Again, if this is safe for you. And um, if you are not an atheist, but you believe that it is wrong the atheists are abused and discriminated against in the systematic fashion in which we experience. If you think it's wrong, then you can be religious and say, hey, I'm celebrating Atheist Day for my friends who don't believe, but I still love them. And I don't think that they should be mistreated because they do not believe. Um, so this is very exciting. Make sure when you make your post that you do hashtag Atheist Day. And what we're going to do next week is we're going to do our Atheist Day review. 
So if you make a post for hashtag Atheist Day and you hashtag it and put it on like Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, we are going to go and review, you know, the the best the best images, um, the best things that people shared, thoughts, ideas, why it's meaningful to them. And so that's going to be our um, segment um, for next week, one of our segments for next week. So um, it's very exciting and it's an important day. And um, Armin, what are you, what are your thoughts about Atheist Day this year? Yeah, so guys, make sure you use the hashtag Atheist Day so we could see all your posts and we could highlight them and we could retweet them. Okay, make the, you know, um, also don't share your face or your name if you are living in a place where it's not safe to be an atheist. Okay, you could just uh, post your hand alone without your face or something like that. Just make sure that you're careful. But yeah, and also this Atheist Day is not just for atheists. Um, religious people can also celebrate Atheist Day, especially religious people who want to support atheists, who don't think, who think that it's not okay for people to uh, discriminate against atheists or demonize atheists, right? So you could be an, an atheist ally, even if you're not an atheist yourself, right? You could you could be somebody who's not an atheist and knows an atheist in your life, and you could go to tell them Happy Atheist Day, so you they know that they are their atheism is not something that is used against them, you know, to for them to feel more comfortable about being an atheist, right? Um, and that's also there's. Uh, the, the image that you're seeing here has two messages, right? So you can see somebody, a man who is, has an Islamic outfit with the Quran uh, with the atheist circle on, uh, on his hand and a woman with a circle, a Christian woman with a cross a necklace uh, with the atheist a, a symbol on her hand. And this represents two different things. One, um, people who happen to not be atheists, but they are supportive of um, the idea of atheists should be able to live peaceful lives without being intimidated by the society just because they're atheists. But also, at the same time, it could also represent closeted atheists, right? Because one thing that we want to remember on Atheist Day are a lot of people who have to live religious lives even though they're atheists and they pretend to be, they have to pretend to be religious while they are atheist so it could represent that as well so so that yeah, we remember closeted atheists. as well yeah closeted atheists right yeah so guys videos would be nice if anybody has a message on atheist day um use the hashtag atheist day and record yourself post it on twitter i will be looking on twitter and instagram for the hashtag atheist day for anybody that posts there so that we could retweet them um share them so on, on Atheist Republic's Twitter account. So we got lucky that we got Atheist Republic Twitter's account back for this Atheist Day so that we can support people who use the hashtag because we didn't have it last year, right? So now we can use <laughs> That's it. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so guys, please use it so we could like get it like trending a, a little bit. Um, also images and also for people who don't want to use pictures or images, just a supportive message with the hashtag. It doesn't have to, you could just, just post a tweet without any uh, without anything attached as well. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. Oh, yeah. also, we last year, guys, last year we managed to um, officially. Let me see if it's still. If you search for oh, yes, guys, because if, yeah, go ahead. Yes, yeah, yeah. If you search for Atheist Day on Google, it mostly now comes March 23rd. We did. We made this change because last. Last year, when you search for Atheist Day, um, it would come April 1st, which was 
people making fun of atheists was the Christian way of making fun of atheists. So because April 1st is Fool's Day, so Christians decided to make that Atheist Day by because they're saying atheists are fools because there's, uh, it refers to atheists as fools in the Bible. Um, but we changed it to March 23rd, which is our own day. And now if you look at Google, when you search for Mar um, Atheist Day, that's mostly what you get. You get March 23rd. You don't get uh, April's Fool's. Uh, April 1st. So, guys, if you see one thing somebody could do, like, let me see, the first result is March 23rd, March 23rd, March 23rd. But I think the fifth result is for me is coming uh, April 1st. If you guys could go to those websites, because I know uh, the other websites that were changed is because a lot of people went there and they submitted requests for change and stuff, and that's how they changed it. So anything that comes up on the first page of Google, if you could guys go and maybe like submit something to them, message them and tell them that this page is wrong. Um, that would be that would be good. But most of the results come on. I'm, I'm happy to see. Yeah, like, for example, wikidates.org. Wikidates.org is a one website that requires changing. It's still April 1st and it's a wiki page. So it should be there should be a way for people to go and edit that so that we could get this established. By the way, guys, Atheist Republic, you guys managed to get this day on the calendar. Like we have atheists have an official day that is recognized internationally and it started right here with all of us, right? So, well, and also all the know, partners and, that and, we have and also, on Atheist Day. Yes, and our partners and our partners. Good, good, if you, Armin, actually, um, can you scroll down so you can show Oh, yeah, the let's look at the partners. partners. Yeah, these are so the partners. I just put a these link are in all the, chat, the organizations. Actually, if people want to learn more about Atheist Day, you can go to atheistrepublic.com slash atheist-day and learn more. There's a whole declaration. The You'll learn more about the meaning behind the symbol and all the organizations that partnered starting back in, what was it, 2019, 2018, to help yeah. this, um, this initiative. Yes. And now what's so awesome yeah. to me is that it's expanded so far beyond just the original organizations that came together to celebrate this day. Like I was already looking at the atheist day hashtag and I was seeing like organizations like in Spanish speaking countries talking about atheist day, that like all this stuff. It, it's so exciting to see how it's flourished and grown. So, so much bigger. Talking about a happy atheist day, secular Sakai is continuing to buy gifts for everybody. Uh, membership Amazing. gifts. Thank you. Thank wow. you so like guys, I think we're one of the uh, few channels that most of our people who show up on the live stream are members. <laughs> so, <laughs> so because of all the gifts uh, Secular Sekai and other people are buying. So yeah. thank you guys. Thank you, Secular There is Sekai. something I quickly want to say. Um Halbert, Halbert is asking, is there any way to participate anonymously? I guess if you have yes. a social media account that doesn't identify you at all, and then you can post it that way. And also, you don't have to post anything identifying. You could just have like a sign or maybe a picture of a sign from above or um, just make or a post. You don't no need any picture pictures. at all. Yeah. yeah. And watch I mean, it. Would also be, it would be great if you post a picture. Yeah, he's saying, if you do use your hand, he's saying, and you don't want to be identified, he's saying, make sure to only put the circle on the palm of your hand. We all have individual blood vessels on the back of our hand that can identify you. So, something to consider. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you, um, it would be nice if you could post a picture. And guys, don't do the Photoshop thing when you have a picture of yourself and you just Photoshop a green circle on the page. I'm not going to retweet any of those, okay? That's just so lazy. What are you guys doing? It looks so lame. 
Um, if it would rather just not post a picture at all, like what is that? Okay, but yeah, okay. <laughs> so either post an actual so picture of a green circle, um, or just post a message. You know, yeah, like that. Or a video of yourself talking about Atheist Day. Oh, we got a super Anish chat. Anish just gave us a $5 super chat. Thank you, Anish, saying happy at the, happy Atheist Day in advance to the both of you. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Happy thank Atheist you. Day and to you, too. Thank you for too. the support. And make sure to tune in next week while we do our review. <laughs> thank you, everybody. And also, wait, do we get to... Oh, yeah, happy... Because I'm not going to see you guys before then... Right, so then our next stream is already going to be after Atheist Day. So I'm going to also say Happy Atheist Day in advance to everybody here. Happy Atheist um, Day. Hope, hopefully, all of you have posted something with the hashtag Atheist Day, so we have a lot to show. We have a lot to show uh, on that day here. Okay, guys, I'm, I'm counting on you. The Armin agitators. I'm counting on the Armin agitators as well. Oh my God. Go and post things you... on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. You said that like such a dad. You're like, I'm expecting yeah. to see a lot of posts so we can review them. <laughs> that tone of voice, I had flashbacks. <laughs> I'm expecting that things will be put together when I come back home, Susanna. And I'm like, Dumont is saying, okay, daddy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have too much okay. fun. Yeah, we do. Happy birthday. Happy also, make sure to tune in next week for our Armin Agitators review. Yes, yes. We yes. need to stay All right, guys. in tune with Armin's cult. Yes, guys. We need, we need updates on the cult. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>